It's time for Blessed to Play on EWTN Radio, uncovering the role that faith plays in the lives of sports professionals from around the country. And now, here's your host, Ron Meyer. Fire score! Welcome to a Blessed to Play Collegiate Spotlight Show. My guest today is Hannah Ammerman. She's a outside hitter for the University of Colorado at Colorado Springs Mountain Lions. Uh, volleyball has been a, an important part of her life. It's been an important part of her family's life as well. We'll talk about that. Hannah, it's so great to have you on. Thanks for joining us. Yes, of course. Thank you for having me. So as I mentioned, your family was had quite the involvement in volleyball and let me just get go through this so our listeners know how deep they were in volleyball and to the extent they played the game your brother ryan uh was a two-time national champion and went on to play professional volleyball in europe your sister sarah played volleyball at texas a&m and then played professionally for seven years in europe and your brother dalton played college volleyball at long beach you had a cousin uh, that played volleyball at texas uh, another cousin that played in Germany after playing at Wyoming. So volleyball was very entrenched in the Hanerman family. So tell us about uh, how it was introduced to you. And obviously, you picked up the love of volleyball. Yeah, um, I, that's actually how my parents met, um, was playing volleyball. They both played in college, and so they met in Alaska playing and then they reconnected playing again in Canada. So very funny story there. Um, so they always said that if, if we were bowlers, our kids would have been bowlers. But they were volleyball players, so we're all volleyball players. Um, but yeah, I started out strong with my four older siblings. And they all played in college, all played pro. Um, so super fun just growing up and watching that. I remember the high school gym, and I remember what it smells like. I remember what it looked like before they remodeled it because we were there all the time watching um, sisters, brothers, boys volleyball. It was it was so fun to watch the different levels, too, especially when they got to college. And um, just traveling was probably one of my favorite parts of my childhood. And we would road trip everywhere, obviously, because there's eight of us. So um, we were always road tripping to see them, whether they were in Texas, California, Oregon, Washington, Utah, wherever that was. Um, so just from the very beginning, um, just the love of traveling, the love of going to watch my siblings play. And of course, my parents were always like, you know, you can play any other sport. You can play soccer, golf, tennis, whatever. <laughs> but after watching everyone play for so long, all you want to do is get on the volleyball court yourself. Yeah. Um, so started when I was super young. Um, yeah, I mean, from the time I could walk, I had a volleyball in my hand. I have so many pictures of all the volleyballs around our house. <laughs> Absolutely. There was a lot of sibling pressure for sure. And, uh, I would imagine you learned besides learning the sport and the techniques of the game, you learned how to be competitive, having so many siblings that were competitive athletes. Oh my gosh, yes, for sure. I mean, even it would translate into board games that we would play at our house. They would never let us win. We had to learn how to win on our own, you know? So, I mean, it was instituted by our parents and carried on down. And even over holidays, we go to our the nearest club that has volleyball, and we all play as a big family, and it's still the most competitive thing ever and my favorite. Um, and my parents still play, and 
all my siblings play, all my cousins will come play. So, yes, definitely very competitive from age one, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so you went to play at your for your high school team at Chaparral High School, but I think the competitive uh, nature of volleyball is when you truly play at the club level, and you did that as well, and you won a conference and regional championship doing that. But it, was that when you saw that you had the talent, maybe ability, that you could take it up to the next level, that being a collegiate athlete? Yes, for sure. Um, to be recruited as a collegiate athlete, it's mainly through club. Um, so all kids always ask me, I coach club too now that I'm in college, and they always ask me, like, what should I do to get recruited? What's the best way? And I always just say, you have to play club because it's not like a college coach is going to come to a high school game just to watch you. They're not going to travel for that, you know? Right. Um, and so having those college coaches at those qualifiers, at those national tournaments, and seeing them sit on your court, on your sideline, is very motivating. Um, I mean, I remember the first coach that came to watch me, it was Wyoming, and I was just so stoked. I was only 16, and I wasn't very good at that time. Um, but I was so stoked, and I was like, this is what I want to do. This is my passion. Um, club volleyball definitely did take it to the next level. High school was more for fun, but I was lucky to be on a high school team that went to state every year. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't lacking in the competitive area at my high school, but it was just a different environment because not everyone from high school goes and plays at the collegiate level. So it's very nice to be on a club team where all the girls have the same goals in mind, where they want to go and play beyond high school, which is very nice. Yeah, iron sharpens iron for sure. Blessed to play Ron Meyer. Chatting today with Hannah Ammerman. She's a volleyball player for the University of Colorado at Colorado Springs, the Mountain Lions. And uh, Hannah, I guess, uh, you know, when you're playing at the collegiate level now, you decided to obviously go to University of Colorado at Colorado Springs. And I'm sure there were other schools that you were considering, but um, you said you played at club. But what was the bis- uh, the transition? What was the, uh, how was it like just to go from the club level of play now playing at the collegiate level? Yeah, um, like I did say, there were a lot of girls on my club team that did want to go past to the collegiate level, but they do find out very quickly that that's not their passion and it's not for them and they'd rather just live the college life. So it is very different. Um, the competitiveness is very different, especially having a coach that really pushes that competitiveness in you. Um, and it's just really fun playing with girls from all over the nation. We have one from California, Minnesota, Texas, um, a lot from Colorado. So to see like the level that they all come from and how we all push each other to a higher level in college mm-hmm. and just to see how you grow from club to college is amazing because the speed is so much faster in college and you pick that up very quickly. Um, and just the training is a lot different and lifting and practices at 6 a.m. And it's just a very different environment, but everyone wants to be there. Everyone wants to get better. Everyone wants to train, which is not always the case in club, um, which is sad. Some girls are forced into it, but yeah, it's, it's fun being around girls that want to win national championships and want to win our, our MAC championships. Yes, indeed. Well, let's talk about uh, competition in the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference. And I saw some of the schools that you play. These are really picturesque surroundings where you're traveling. It doesn't get better than Colorado and New Mexico and 
you know, seeing the beautiful surroundings of those states. Um, obviously, you performed well in the classroom, all academic honor roll, your, uh, all the years that you played, uh, now in your junior year. And uh, you saw action in 25 matches and played in 95 of 95 sets this year. So you're getting a lot of playing time and you're you're doing what you need to do to perform at the collegiate level. But talk about playing in the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference, maybe some of those rivalries and just the competition itself. Yeah, um, the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference is actually one of the top conferences for D2. We had a number one in the nation in our conference, Metropolitan State University. Um, we had number five, um, Mines University, and we also had Regis, who is top 25 every year. Um, so we always have good teams in our conference, which can be frustrating at some points because you got to get used to losing to these top 25 teams, but also um, drives you to be better and to be the underdog team and wanting to win. Because to be number one in the nation for D2 is crazy amazing. So the fact that we are so blessed to be able to play all of these top 25 teams and have so many conference, it's really cool to see, um, to see where we could be as a team and how we can get there. Um, so that, that really pushes us to be better, um, better players and just better athletes, better competitors to see how they act on the court, how we act on the court, compare and contrast. Um, but yeah, as you talked about like scenery, oh my gosh. Um, we always bus trip everywhere and it's one of my favorite things to do is our bus trips. And we also go to South Dakota. Um, so we get to see Mount Rushmore and, um, we are all over the place, which is so fun. But <laughs> Well, let's talk about on the academic side. I mean, <clears throat> obviously playing collegiate sports, you have to be very disciplined with your time and you managed to handle it pretty well. As I mentioned, you're all academic honor roll all years that you've been playing there at University of Colorado at Colorado Springs. But talk, do you feel that you're sacrificing something as a student athlete or has it just become part of the, the framework day in and day out of what you need to do to excel not only in the classroom, but on the volleyball court as well? I do definitely think that time management is huge as a student athlete and you find that out very quickly. Um, I definitely do think that I have sacrificed relationships and quality time and um, just a lot of those things um, and just trying to balance your life around like, well, do I go do this activity with my friends or do I stay home and do I grind on homework and or do I go put in extra time in the weight room? Do I go put in extra time at the gym? Um, it's just like learning the balance and what's healthy and what's not healthy and it's definitely been a long process. Um, but yes, very blessed to have siblings before me that are able to help with that for sure. Um, they've shared some of their time management strategies and how to best handle when to do, when to do things, when to not do things. Um, but yeah, it's worked out very well for me. I've also been able to have, um, a job as well. <laughs> so I was working in retail for four years and now I coach club volleyball. So also finding time for a job is crazy, but it makes it really interesting and really fun. <laughs> but yeah. Where all the time goes, it sounds like you have a very busy schedule and handling quite well. So I applaud you for that, Hannah. So uh, what? tell me what's your favorite part of the volleyball game? Is it the service ace? Is it the spike, uh, the dig, the solo block? What When you do one of these things, you say, wow, that's my favorite. 
Yeah, I actually get this question a lot um, because I am an outside hitter. People would tend to think that my favorite part of the game would be to front row, so to hit the ball and um, block and whatever. But I am actually a favorite of the game in the back row, which is funny because I'm 6'3", so usually that's not normal. Um, mm-hmm. The tendency, if you're tall, is to normally just play in the front row. But I love back row. I love digging. I love passing. I love serving. Um, that's where I thrive the most. And if I could be a libero, I would be a libero. Um, <laughs> so I, that's where I've learned. That's my favorite part of the game. And I am blessed to have a coach that does play me all the way around, which is very nice. So I do get to have that favorite aspect of the game. Um, had the best passing stats on the team this year, which was a huge accomplishment. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's been really fun learning what my strengths and weaknesses are. Um, it's definitely been a growth moment in all areas of the game, but I do think that I have grown the most and have the best game in my background for sure. Hannah Ammerman recorded a block in 21 of the 25 matches and at least two blocks in 15 matches. She finished the season with 236 kills and a 223 hitting percentage from 641 attempts. When Blessed to Play returns, we'll find out why Hannah is so driven by values. We'll find out what that's all about when Blessed to Play returns after this. This is Faith Matters. Welcome to Faith Matters. I'm Father John Tregilio. Many times people ask me about some of the titles of Mary, the one of particular note, Mother of God. On January 1st, New Year's Day, we have the feast of Mary, the Mother of God. Many of our non-Catholic friends wonder why we use such a title. How can Mary be the Mother of Divinity? Back at the Council of Ephesus, which met in the ancient church, the title Theotokos was derived to describe Mary as the mother of God in opposition to, a, to another title, Christotokos, the mother of Christ. Obviously, she is the mother of Christ, but because she's the mother of Christ who is God, by analogy, she's the mother of God. But look at the scriptures themselves. Read in the Gospel of Luke when Mary visits her cousin Elizabeth, the beautiful scene of visitation. How was Mary greeted by her cousin Elizabeth? Who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? The word that Elizabeth uses, Lord, in English, when you go to the original language, when you go to the Hebrew, she uses the word Adonai, Lord, something that is used for God alone. Who am I that the mother of my Lord, my God, should come to me? So if anybody has problems with us calling Mary the mother of God, they should first go to St. Elizabeth then go to St. Luke because it's his gospel. It's by analogy that we call Mary the mother of God because she gave birth to one person, Jesus Christ, true God and true man. Go to Our Lady so that she may point you always to her son, the Son of God. God bless you and Mary keep. Faith Matters, a presentation of the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome back to Blessed to Play. Ron Meyer joined today by Hannah Amberman. 
and she plays for the University of Colorado at Colorado Springs Mountain Lion. She's a volleyball player and has done quite well uh, now in her junior season. We talked about her career in volleyball, how she got started. She has a family that was quite entrenched at all levels of volleyball, including the professional level. And she managed to follow in her family's footsteps and is doing quite well right out there in Colorado Springs. She's a value-driven collegiate athlete. And, uh, you know, Hannah, when when you talk about athletes, there's dedication to that sport. You have to live and die for that sport in nutrition, the way you work out, um, the way you uh, you mentioned time management. But there's something that's more important to you than all of this, and this is your faith. So I want to just ask, ask the simple question, why is faith so important to you? Oh, gosh, without faith, I don't even know where I would be to this day, you know. Um, I have seen a lot of my family fall away from faith. I've seen my parents really push me in that area. Um, But ultimately, I do have to choose that for myself Mm because in the end, if I'm not choosing that for myself, then, I mean, what's the point? You know, I have to be invested. But faith has really pushed me to be a better person on and off the court. Um, especially on the court, which I'm very grateful for. And in those hard seasons and those hard losses, um, I don't know how I would have gotten past the, the hardships without my faith and without Jesus. So yeah, it's, it's pretty important in my life. Probably it's number one right now. So, so you grew up Catholic and community building was very important growing up, uh, youth group, uh, you're a camp counselor. Is that when you started to, as you learned more and had that fraternity of, of believers, uh, is that when your faith grew or was enriched? Yeah, um, I would say for a long time, I was going to youth group for the relationships and for the community, which is fine because ultimately it pushed me to choose it for myself in the end because I was surrounded by such great people who chose Jesus for themselves and chose that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was on every retreat that you could think of for my youth group. And I was helping out at the soup kitchen, helping out at the nursing home. Um, I was helping out on when I was in high school, I was helping out with the middle school youth groups. And so, yeah, all through middle school, all through high school, I was at youth group every Wednesday. It was my home away from home. Um, and I did have some rough patches in high school. So it definitely did, um, save me in those parts where it was hard and, um, and even if I didn't realize why, and I was just going for the people and just going for community, um, it did help a strong foundation form so that I could choose that for myself in college. Yes, indeed. And let's talk about moving on to college because here you are, you're now away from your parents, you're away from the youth group and maybe the friends who supported you in your faith. And now you're at a secular institution and you're thrust into an environment where Probably not everyone's going to believe like you, that, that that's fair to say. But talk about that implementation of faith in your sports career, particularly at the University of Colorado at Colorado Springs. Yeah, um, it's been a long journey because, like you said, it's a very secular institution. Um, and I don't know if you've ever heard of FOCUS, but it's Fellowship of College University Students, or Catholic University Students. And they are almost on at least one campus in every state, Um, but their goal is to outreach for college students, and they realize how hard it is to be at a public university and to be Catholic at the same time, um, especially a secular institution. 
So actually my freshman year was their first year expanding to my campus. And my mom was like, hey, you should reach out to Focus. And I was like, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> so I reached out to one of the missionaries and she was so excited, made her job super easy that I was reaching out to her and her not reaching out to me. Um, and we actually just finished building a Newman Center this last January. So they are officially instituted in our campus, um, which is super exciting. We have a whole chapel that was just built and a whole community center. But Focus definitely has pushed me in areas that um, I will forever be grateful for. They have conferences once a year called Seek and SLS, and those were just life-changing. And they really pushed me to grow in my relationship with God and learn how to pray every day and go to Mass every day. Um, so yeah, and having those missionaries are super helpful because they've been there, they've been in college and they've gone through what we have gone through. And, um, so it's just another home away from home. And especially when I'm not near my, my home where my family is. So it really helps to build in community there. Um, but yeah, that was the ultimate thing that really pushed me and they asked me into discipleship. So um, how I've implemented that in my sports life is I started a Bible study with my teammates and then also other female athletes. So I was leading them in salvation history and feminine genius and a couple of varsity Catholic um, Bible studies. So what was nice is it wasn't just my team. And I didn't force anybody to go, but a lot of girls were coming, which was um, mm -hmm. super, super great. And so I had some soccer girls, some basketball girls, um, some swim girls. So they definitely pushed me to be a leader in my faith, which before college, I would say that it was something that I hid and something that I wasn't proud of, that I was Catholic. Um, but now I just flaunt it. And <laughs> it's one of my best qualities <laughs> um, just because to shine with Christ's light, um, I have realized, like, brings people together. And um, it's been hugely transformative, not only for me to see, um, but other people see, like, and I can bring Bible study to them or just even have a simple conversation about God when they have questions, right? Um, so, yeah, it's definitely focus has been the biggest part of helping me implement that in my faith life. I guess another way that I implement faith in my sport is I actually tape every single one of my fingers before the game and I write Bible verses on every single piece of tape or people that I am praying for, um, people that have impacted my life. So that's super helpful, especially in those tough times. I just look at my fingers and I have all the tape on there with all those Bible verses that help remind me like who I'm playing for, why I'm here, the why of, um, and why I'm playing volleyball. So yeah. You're listening to a Blessed to Play Collegiate Spotlight show featuring Hannah Ammerman from the University of Colorado at Colorado Springs. She's a volleyball player. And Hannah, what you just talked about, all this outreach and uh, reaching out to people on a spiritual level, I assume that for you, the strength comes from prayer. So talk about what you need to do to sustain yourself before you could reach out to everybody else. 
Yes, just like the Bible verse, you have to remove the splinter from your own eye before you can remove the beam in your brother's eye. That's one of my favorite verses that just reminded me of when you said that. Um, I have to fill my cup before I can fill others, of course. Um, which I didn't realize at first when I was first asked into discipleship and when I was giving so much to others and I was giving so much advice and had this Bible study and I was in a Bible study and I was feeling so run down and I was so confused because I was like, well, I'm evangelizing to the best of my ability. Why do I not feel full? And it's because I realized that my relationship with God was so surface level. Um, I wasn't actually striving for that relationship with him. And so how I have built that is I have to prioritize prayer and math every day. Um, and there are days where it completely is filled up and I cannot get to church, but I will still find time for prayer. Some people say, well, well, I don't have time for prayer. But like, yes, you do. When you're in the car, you have time for prayer. In the in the middle of little things, whether it's washing your dishes, making dinner, whatever, um, you always have time to implement prayer. And and it doesn't have to be this structured, like, Hail Mary, full of grace. That's what I've also learned. Mm-hmm. Um, is It can oftentimes just be a conversation or even just me listening because I love to talk. So I've had to learn that I have to shut my mouth a couple of times and just listen to what he has to say. <laughs> Um, because in the end, it's, it's not my will, it's his will. And so that's been a very long journey is learning to prioritize prayer first, um, so that I can go and I can outreach there. And so that's been a huge part of my life. And that's been through example that hasn't been on my own. That's been through my missionaries and through friends that I've created and, and, seeing that when they don't get prayer in their day, they're like, oh, dang, I didn't get prayer today. And I'm like, oh, well, why don't I, why am I not like that? Like, why, why can't I be like, oh, I didn't get prayer today instead of being like, well, I guess I don't have time. You know, it's something that I have to strive for and have to want to, um, and talk to God and see what he has to say today. And obviously he already knows everything about my life, but I still feel the need to tell him everything anyway. (laughs) Um, But yes, for sure, prioritizing and putting that first and then letting everything else come after that. Well, Hannah Amberman has been our guest. What a a great athlete she is on the volleyball court, but equally a great person trying to live her faith out on the collegiate campus and reaching out to those uh, in her midst. Uh, Hannah, thanks so much. I do appreciate the time. We wish you all the best right there for the Mountain Lions competing in the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference. And thank you for joining us today on Blessed to Play. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Hey, Blessed to Play fans, check us out on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. That's blessedthenumber2play.com. You can like us on Facebook and hit us up on Twitter at Blessed to Play. For Hannah Ammerman, I'm Ron Meyer. We'll catch you next time right here on Blessed to Play. You've been listening to Blessed to Play with host Ron Meyer on the EWTN Global Catholic Network. If you have a question or comment about today's show, feel free to email us at info at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You can also connect with the show on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. Again, that's blessed, the number two, play.com. Join us again next time for Blessed to Play on the EWTN Global Catholic Network.